Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. So hi guys, I'm here with, with Intuitively Mara, and I brought her on because she is all about intuitive eating, as you can tell from her name. And if you look at her Instagram profile, it's just full of bright colors. And I'm literally looking at it right now. She's full of bright colors, tons of uh, variety in her diet. And I wanted to bring her on because she has gone through an eating disorder and now has, has quite fully embraced this intuitive eating lifestyle, which I love. I think it's something we should all move towards. And I just found out from her recently, it's just a passion page too, which I find really inspiring because she's so passionate about it. So, Hi, Mara. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and, um, you know, a little bit about your eating disorder journey and your struggle with that? Yeah, totally. So I'm Mara. Nice to meet everyone. I'm from Wisconsin and I usually live in Chicago when quarantining. I've been in Madison, Wisconsin, but basically I dove in college and I dove kind of my whole life leading up to it and I never really was focused on kind of dieting or that making sure that I was the best diver ever like it was more kind of casual but then I kind of saw myself potentially diving in college and with a lot of meets and competitions you're kind of looking at what college coaches are wanting and their divers and things like that and I my I have three older sisters and one of them was getting more into like my fitness pal and the concept mm -hmm. of calories because I didn't even know something like that existed I was like oh I just eat my food and I move on so were they were they athletes too they were we're nothing like huge maybe club teams in college and it was more the I think the food aspect of it and being more strict as you'd say around certain foods came from like an aesthetic type of goal not mm -hmm. potentially performance goal but when I then learned like carbs and I obviously knew about it but I never really paid attention but then I going to this app called my fitness pal I was like oh what's this and I got really into trying to eat vegetables and chicken and things to have lower calories but higher protein and it was kind of a game to me and I saw that maybe my body was changing in ways I liked back then and it kind of became this not addictive thing but it was it's like you got reassurance that it was working in a way mm -hmm. and it was a very slippery slope of counting calories and then saying oh these sweets or this bread that's too high in calories or it's empty calories as I would say I kind of took it too far and it definitely became like a feeding cycle and eventually when you and that I kind of started that diet would you say in the summer where it was not as many other things going on and then the second I went back to school I was applying for colleges and things like that so there were obviously lots of distractions and I would be stressed out about homework or college applications things like that and then I would turn to food and I would be like oh well 
I lost all this weight in the summer quickly. I can totally just do it again when I'm less stressed. And it mm -hmm. kind of became like, okay, I'm going to eat whatever I want right now. And then when I have more time, I'll go back to kind of restricting and counting calories and saying, oh, you should pick vegetables and protein instead of something I actually liked, like ice cream and cookies and things like that. So it definitely became a, a cycle. And I, I would say at first when, for me, dieting was this new concept. So it was kind of new and exciting. So I was technically kind of okay at it. Like it wasn't too much of a challenge, but then eventually you're like, oh, I really like eating foods that I genuinely enjoy. Cutting that out is really hard. So then you kind of get into this huge cycle of trying to restrict all this food and then binging it. So it was definitely a process and throughout college and even when I graduated too. But I think eventually knowing that you can eat foods you want and still stay steady. It was either I was losing weight or gaining weight. And now I've been kind of steady choosing foods I wanted. So that kind of brought me to my Instagram page, I guess. I would just kind of journal my thoughts. And I realized that I was finally not triggered by someone going on a diet because before I'd be like, oh, you're cutting carbs? Like, let me join you. Stuff mm, like that. And I yeah. kind of internally was like, I'm happy I've been through the ups and downs of this cycle to know that I'm never going to go on a diet again. Right. So that was kind of my aha moment, I guess. And then just being able to reflect on it in the page and write out my thoughts or go with the flow with that. So that's kind of where I'm at now. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. There's a lot of things to unfold in there, but first of all, I think it's kind of interesting that you, like most people, it just started out as an, as a, innocent diet and I'm a little bit controversial in the sense that I don't think calorie counting is evil and macro counting is evil in the yeah. sense of like there's a lot of goodness you can see in understanding what's in certain foods right you know like yeah have a pizza every once in a while whatever but it's there's certain foods that are going to serve your body better and I think all the years from dieting and I'm sure all those years of dieting for you too did teach you a lot about nutrition and food right and it really yeah backhanded way but it like you said it kind of brings you comfort and assurance and then I'm sure you found that it um it's hard for you to listen to your body once you paid attention to calories for so long so yeah. I, I like that you said journaling and everything can you dive a little bit into how you started to let go of calorie counting and listen to your body a little bit more I'm sure it's a little bit hard yeah no definitely I one thing that I had that was really helpful was a therapist and it wasn't generally for food purposes, but just overall, if anything, I could talk to her. And I never really thought that, I thought my binges were, I was kind of alone in it. Like I had some food addiction or when I was around foods that I had restricted before, I'd go kind of lose control. And mm -hmm. when I brought up to my therapist that I was binging and it was taking away from other areas in my life she she didn't name it intuitive eating but she just said like if you have a craving you should honor that craving and have foods that you actually look forward to and enjoy so that was a huge step of basically knowing that like I didn't have to eat 
vegetables for every meal or certain things like I could enjoy pizza or a quesadilla or pasta, things like that. And it was, it's, and it's not like I overnight just forgot about all these food rules I created for myself because I was counting calories so religiously that I feel like I'll kind of always have a sense of the calories in food just because I had done that for so long religiously. Yeah. You but, almost do it in your head. You just like, I know yeah. it's at least 300 calories. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of taking a step back from that and I remember she was like, you like sweet stuff. So I want you to go to the store after this and buy things that are sweet that you look forward to. And I was like mind blown. I was like, I, <laughs> I thought that wasn't allowed. It was just some, and it's crazy to look back because you think food is food, but when you see it in such an evil way, it, the, they always say like the forbidden fruit is the sweetest. When you cut something out, you want it even more. So that was yeah. a great way of me kind of going back into it. And I'd say that like, it didn't happen overnight. As I said before, it was lots of trial and errors. Cause some foods, it's not like I'm this perfect intuitive eater now. And I don't think the concept exists cause you're always trying new things. But I like for granola, for example, sometimes I'll have too much and not listen to my body, but each time you allow yourself to have a food, you might maybe lose control or not feel comfortable with it. But each time you challenge yourself and kind of expose yourself to it, you become more comfortable. So right. it's definitely a year, years and years to get there and challenge yourself. But I feel a lot more comfortable now. Yeah, I would say like it took me at least like almost a year to finally understand my hunger signals again. And I think what you said about losing control, the problem is um, you won't understand, like if you do happen to have a meal and you eat too much, it's important to experience that too. And then be like, oh, you know, maybe next time I'll understand that those signals that were happening before that, I will not eat as much next time. Like it's a learning experience. And um, when you said, you said uh, going to the store and you were like worried about that, uh, was the biggest fear for you with including these foods back in just the, the idea that you would lose control or was it something else? Yeah, I think so. I think when you restricted so long, you think you'd naturally want, then for me, I love sweets. So I would think, oh my God, if I allow myself to have sweets, that's all I'm going to want. And I think there's a lot of power in knowing that your body will eventually even itself out and tell you what it wants. So for example, if you've been having sweets days in a row, you'll eventually want a vegetable or something with more protein, stuff like that. So I think initially opening kind of the floodgates of having any food I wanted scared me because I did think, oh, I'm never going to want what I kind of assign myself to have again but that wasn't the case it's you eventually do crave a balance of foods yeah because if you're only eating like at the beginning well there's some qualms I have about sugar like I try to limit my sugar intake a little bit because it tends mm -hmm. to make me crave more sugar but yeah. you think that you 
especially when you're a disordered eating mindset, you think that all you're going to want to eat is sugar and pizza and you're never ever going to crave green things again. But especially if you're used to the fitness lifestyle, you're used to eating those vegetables, your body's like, you know, we could really use something green in our diet today. Eventually yeah. it does get boring and does get tiresome, especially if it's not forbidden and especially if it's not tempted or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing to notice is like, no one's intuitive eating looks the same. Yes. For, yeah. Yeah. Because, for example, I've noticed that if I don't have protein in a meal, I'm really hungry later. And mm -hmm. I'll see someone having pancakes. I'm like, oh, I would love to have that. And then if I just put some protein powder in the mix, then it will mm -hmm. make me fuller for longer. And I feel like I can have I can make foods in a certain way if I if they at first scare me to make it in a way that I know will kind of feed me physically and mentally because I think pleasure in food is a big aspect that I forgot existed when I was dieting so mm -hmm. hardcore. So I think just really finding something that will fill you up mentally and physically helps and it looks different for every single person. Absolutely. I think intuitive eating is something you have to tackle. And, you know, like I, I do weightlifting, so I need a little bit more protein. But I like that you said that too, because I was so resistant to adding more protein to my diet again when I was intuitive eating. I don't know why, but my boyfriend would tell me for months and months, he's like, I think that you would feel full for longer if you just had a bit more protein. And I was like, no. <laughs> I started doing it and I'm like, oh, I feel way better and more sustained. Yeah. So I appreciate you saying that too. But yeah, there's no right or wrong kind of way to go about it. It's just kind of adapting those things and, and continuing with it. But did you find when you started, when you started intuitive eating, did you find there was a point where you just wanted to go back? Like, how did you get through the struggle of wanting to just go back to the scale and go back to calorie counting and all that stuff? Yeah, for sure. And I did go back so many times. I would say now I'm at a good place where I'm like, I'm going to eat what I want and makes me feel good. But definitely when I first heard about intuitive eating, I was like, okay, cool. We'll do that for maybe a couple months. And then I'll, once you get comfortable with it or you feel like you can maintain it, then you're going to go back to dieting to hopefully get to a lower weight, which is a very sad mindset looking back on it. But at the time that was kind of my one goal mm -hmm. and it was, and I think a really important concept is to know that dieting isn't going to get you where you want. Because a lot of the times I was like, oh, if only I could, because I would binge and then restrict, binge restrict. And I, when I got back to the binge part, I'd say, oh, if only I could not binge when I have that urge, but the problem isn't right then when you're about to binge, it's more the time before when you were restricting. Mm -hmm. So I think finally realizing that I'm eating way more when I try to restrict because I'm eventually binging. And the more I would restrict, the more I would binge. So it was kind of realizing that my goal in what I wanted out of dieting wasn't going to get me there because point blank dieting wasn't for me. So it took so much, like I've binged so many times and it took me 
each time. I would say I learned something each time, whether it was, oh, I don't like that food, or maybe like I was going too long restricting and I should have allowed myself to have more of a variety of foods or foods I looked forward to. That really helped me realize dieting isn't for me and it's not serving me. So I need to really go back to the drawing board and think about what foods serve me. Yeah, absolutely. And for binging, so how, how bad were the binges for you? Like how, how long have you been struggling with that? I think it went on and off a bit. Um, I would say maybe like, maybe I would binge kind of two days in a row and then I would go back to restricting and that definitely like the beginning of college throughout college um and a little bit once I had graduated um it wasn't like and I would say that often for me and I know a lot of others they'll say even if they eat a little bit more than they had previously planned they'll label it as a binge when in reality it might have not been that much food it was just more food they than they intended and when you're in that diet cycle the concept of like having more food than you allow yourself is sometimes it's like the biggest deal because you had such a strict plan so I would say like I remember going maybe eating like an omelet for breakfast and then a salad for lunch and another salad for dinner and then I would get like a pint of ice cream and a chocolate bar and like dip it in the ice cream. Like it was kind of what I could get my hands on at the time and then kind of eat it until it's gone. So it was kind of a like, and lots of them could be kind of out of body experiences because you've restricted yourself for so long. So you're, you think you'll never, with a binge, it's like you're allowing yourself to finally have these forbidden foods as you Mm -hmm. labeled them and then you allow yourself to have them and you're like oh I'm not gonna have it after this so let me scarf down everything so I can then claim I'll never have it again but clearly that would be yeah 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 no binges yeah I like that binging for me like I don't think it was ever I did binge and definitely was more than you should most people consume in a meal I don't know yeah. if it was so extravagant, but it's interesting that you pointed out in that, that like people, especially in bodybuilding or planning, if you have a little bit more than you plan to, then you freak out. And I even saw a post that you had recently, I think it was like the muffin post or whatever, where you talked about uh-huh. planning. So I yeah. plan my food a little bit and it's pretty yeah. minimal. It's just like, I'm going to have this today, whatever. And I find some nice comfort in that because for so long I didn't do what I said I was going to do. But if you go off plan, I remember before I would kind of just freak out. Like, how did you deal with, with that? And how did you maybe let go of planning a bit if you still plan at all? Sorry, that was a yeah. whole host of questions. <laughs> no, you're good. I think going back to one thing I want to touch on real quick is like, I, I remember sometimes I would binge or maybe have more food than I planned to. And then mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, oh, I had so much. And then you are kind of mad at yourself and then you end up eating more because I would also use food as a way to cope with emotions. And then when I was eating that second time, I'd be like, oh, why was I freaking out before? Like it wasn't that much compared and now I'm eating even more. So it was kind of a cycle of that. And 
I would say I, I do plan, still plan in a sense of like, okay, I want a meal that fills me up. I know recently I've been having pancakes and I'll put in some protein powder. So kind of planning a meal at a time, but also Mm -hmm. I then had a snack after because I was still hungry. So I would say I, and it's a little different now with like, as I'm quarantining and having more freedom around, I'll definitely eat at different times. I've also noticed that like your body will tell you when to eat. It might be like your normal three meals, three snacks. Everyone has their own different way of eating, but I would say just what I would have is more, I try to keep it focus on one meal at a time instead of like, oh, I'm going to have this for dinner because I might totally change what I want when the time comes. So really focusing in on yourself in each moment and asking yourself what you want because planning, it definitely can work and it may work at a certain time in your life, but you always need different things at different times. So if you're kind of putting a all basically approaching every single moment in your life as a set thing, it shouldn't be that way because you're always going to need different things. Yeah, I think the point at which you know there's maybe an issue there or you're holding too tightly to it is if, you know, maybe you're out of a certain food or someone asks you out to dinner or something like that and you freak out because it's not in your plan or like you have this like intense discomfort, then you know like there's something else going on there. So I think think planning and like being willing to adjust your plan, being flexible, like you can still plan with intuitive eating, but if it's your life, then maybe there's a problem. Yeah, definitely. I saw something that was like a night out with friends, having pizza is a lot healthier for you than staying in and staying on your forced plan. Because I think a lot of it is we can't control things around us and adapting to what our friends want to do and what they want to eat and you can obviously order what you want but Mm -hmm. knowing that you can also have fun with your friends and eat like it doesn't have to be an either or you can still if you're wanting to be healthy and I say like healthy as in I mean everyone has their own type of health yeah I know what you mean what they prefer but I think being flexible and each time it might be uncomfortable, but each time you allow yourself to be flexible helps Mm -hmm. you in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask you a bit more about journaling? I'm a huge fan of journaling. I recommend all my clients do it. I do it all the time. What type of um, journaling did you do to help you get through this? I think I definitely had different phases. Um, When I first had my therapist who was helping me with intuitive eating, it was more kind of writing down a meal, but it wasn't in like, I had seven carrots. Like it was more (laughs) like, I chose to have pancakes because that's what I was craving at the time. And, and really focusing on the thought aspect of that food, because sometimes I'd be like, I had pancakes I feel guilty, but I know I shouldn't feel guilty because it's totally okay to have pancakes. So it's kind of my way of journaling is recognizing if I have a disordered thought and kind of writing a, writing back to it and 
correcting myself, like, okay, maybe my brain is telling me I shouldn't have had that, but I know that I can have it and there's nothing wrong with it. And um, one phrase I had from a therapist was don't believe everything you think because mm, I love that. Lots, lots of the time our maybe our disordered eating self or our hardcore dieter is trying to tell us like, oh no, don't enjoy this food or don't have this. But it's like, no, this is reality. Food is meant to be enjoyed. It has, we have to eat multiple times a day for the rest of our lives. We might as well enjoy it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, I love I think, that that's what you ended up saying because I'm such a big promote, proponent of like, not everything you think is true. Not every, every thought that you have is valid. So the fact that you dissected those thoughts in your journal so important and especially you mentioned like you feel a bit guilty over having pancakes or whatever I would um I had a big issue with people watching me eat and I figured out it's because like I felt guilty for eating because I was overweight or something and I felt like I didn't deserve to eat and so I felt this big shame around it which was just bonkers but I would have never found that out if I hadn't done the mindset work yeah totally I think another thing too is and it's normal for like people to comment on food or talk about it or say like maybe they have their own issues like oh I oh I shouldn't have this or mm -hmm. oh I'm bad today which like I obviously used to be triggered by that but I feel like I've looked a lot internally to know that like I just need to focus on myself and not fall into like diet traps or anything like that but if someone even in any scenario, say like lots of your friends ordered a pasta and you're in the mood for like maybe a salad because that's just what you're in the mood for at that time, not from like a restrictive standpoint, but someone is like, oh no, we're getting pasta. Like you should get pasta with us. If someone like really cares what you're having, that's more of a reflection on them. Absolutely. Because, yeah. yeah. I just think that like their food isn't good your food isn't going into their body. Like you're the mm -hmm. only one you have to please. So I think just being confident and knowing that, and it's totally fine to eat whenever you want. I remember um, like during college, I had a dive practice and I was, we usually get dinner after practice, but the swimmers who we kind of shared a team with um, was they were swimming for longer than we were diving. So we had to wait a little bit until we had dinner and I remember I was like really hungry so I got out a snack it was like a bar at the time and I remember in my head being like oh I should just say like oh I'm so hungry I have to eat but I was like no I'm not gonna say anything I don't need to justify myself right. for eating you can eat whenever you want yeah especially right after a workout when your body needs some fuel yeah that would that'd be horrible because I used to do swimming so it wasn't diving but I'd imagine diving is just as hard it, it burns so many calories, like it's hard work. So I'd imagine yeah. I'd be really mad at the swimmers for taking longer so that I could have to <laughs> wait for dinner. But yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's great. I was just gonna ask you about how to not compare yourself to others because people, I used to be one of those people that would pressure people that are eating healthier to me, healthier than me to eat more food or eat um, some junk food with me because I felt guilty of what I was doing. And now I have a, um, you know, a lot of my friends aren't as into health eating as me and stuff like that. So when I go out, usually people comment on my food. 
And I just know it's coming from the same place. Like you said, it's a reflection of what they're thinking. So I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, I, it, that can work for anything too, like drinking. And if -hmm. someone really cares what's going into your body, that's like, maybe they have some insecurity that they need to deal with because you can still have fun no matter what you're eating or drinking. So I think just spending time with yourself and being confident about any choice you make can go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one final thing I think I want to ask you, we can talk about it more, but did you um, notice any weight fluctuations and how did you deal with that? Yeah, I think definitely over time, like it's funny cause periods where I was really stressed in my life and I maybe was dieting before then, then I would kind of give myself permission to eat whatever I wanted, but it wasn't in a way that was intuitive. It was more like, oh, cookies sound good. But I didn't think like, oh, if I have cookies, lots of them, I might not feel great after that. So it was definitely getting to know kind of what made me feel good, both mentally and physically. But Mm. I think starting out with intuitive eating, I, I mean, during my more hardcore dieting days, I would weigh myself every day, every morning, and the number would definitely dictate how I felt for the rest of the day. And I realized that wasn't necessarily healthy. And I think everyone has their own relationship with the scale, but Mm -hmm. I, and I've gone back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I mean, the goal for me is just to look at the number objectively as a piece of data, if you want to, but also lots of times not looking at this, not stepping on the scale has really helped. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't, I don't know exactly how I fluctuated because I would see that mentally it was better if I don't go on the scale, but I would say that now it's like, I feel more stable as I've been eating intuitively. And I would say that I never really gained weight from intuitive eating because before it was so restricting and binging that would make myself eat even more. So I would say that like with my journey and intuitive eating, I've been having more balanced meals or that my, I'm not having as much like eating maybe before it would be like, for example, try to stay at 300 calories per meal. But then on the weekends, I would have like thousands and thousands because I was just so hungry for that. Mm -hmm. So I think I've been, you naturally fluctuate and that's kind of how it stayed once I've gotten a grasp on eating what's good for my body and what I like and what makes me feel good. Yeah. Well, it's nice that you have more stable energy and a stabilized kind of, even if you're not looking at the scale scale that every day, kind of a stabilized body weight, which I think is very comforting to a lot of people because the constant drama of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, that's just, it's mentally exhausting. And I also, I enjoyed that you said, um, sorry, I'm putting my drink down, um, that you try to look at the scale with an objective point of view, which is what I definitely encourage. I encourage people to just like put the scale away while they're trying to recover from an eating disorder. But then if they want to break it in, bring it back in, then go at it with, it's just data, which I think is perfect that you said that too. It's awesome. 
Yeah. And I think that it's definitely hard to get to a place where you, I, I just think everyone has a different relationship with the scale. And right now I've realized like, I don't need to know the number and I'm not, I don't want to see a number and have it change how I'm eating because I'm enjoying how I'm eating right now. So for me, the scale's away. Who knows? I mean, every moment is different. Who knows? But right mm -hmm. now I feel comfortable with not opening that up. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I mean, it's whatever works best for you. And a lot of people find that just like putting it away for a while is the best because they, then they can just focus on them. They don't have all these external factors encouraging what they're gonna do. Even if, even if you're in a good mindset, sometimes you can be like, oh, well, I didn't know I weighed that much, so maybe I should like cut back a little bit, and then things start to go awry, so, yeah. Right, yeah, I, it's funny, because for me, I would notice like, oh, if it's a higher number, I would just like feel so bad about myself, and then like, and this is in the past where I put more, not, no pun intended, but more weight on the number. <laughs> yeah. But um, I would, if it was higher, I'd be like, oh, just like screw this all, kind of a all or nothing mentality. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just gonna eat sweets because I need this like instant gratification. But when it was lower, I'd be like, oh, okay, I can make it even lower. And then I'd restrict more and then eventually binge. So it was and that's not the case anymore, but I would say that's really how I treated it when I was first learning about intuitive eating, but still held on to those dieting rules. So I personally think the scale isn't great for intuitive eating, but also everyone has their own way. Everyone has their own way of dealing with things and everyone's intuitive eating looks differently. So you just sure. have to find what's best for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I just wanted to ask, I know you've covered a lot of good things, and I think this is going to be great for the audience out there, but if there's one other, is there any other piece of advice you'd give to someone who has been like on the fence about intuitive eating, they want to try it, but they're really scared, is there any other advice you'd offer to them to kind of just get started? Yeah, I think just knowing that like your body knows what's best and will eventually tell you what it wants, because I remember when I started out, I would go days where I'd have just sweets or like really high calorie things. And then eventually I would be like, oh, I really want a salad. So, and food can seem very scary once you've restricted it for so long. But I think with intuitive eating, you eventually realize, and it's a long process, but you realize like you're the one who has control, not the food. Mm -hmm. And each time you expose yourself to new foods or maybe fear foods or challenges, you become stronger mentally. So the food and diet culture can seem very scary, but once you reject it and know that your eating looks different from everyone else's and you kind of have to look within, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, that's awesome advice. Um, I just thought of another question and I don't, yeah want to leave without answering it, so sorry. <laughs> it's meant to be our ending oh, question, really but fine. can you tell me a little bit more about hunger signals and fullness signals? Just like, when do you know that you're hungry and when do you know that you're full? Yeah, I think I would, it's funny because I think there are like your physical hungers and physical cues and mental cues, and I think like physically if I'm 
don't have enough energy or feel like my stomach's empty. I kind of want food like that. And I think a lot of times I'm, I mean, eating can be very, is very fun. So it's like, you want to keep doing it, but then when realizing like, oh, I'm not getting any more pleasure out of this, or I'm feeling really full, that's when I like kind of ask myself like, will I feel better if I want more? So it's kind of a checking in internally. But Mm -hmm. also another thing is like, sometimes you're very hungry and you can eat maybe a salad or things like that. And maybe technically it's enough food, but if you're still wanting maybe carbs, more carbs that are like starchy or sweets or something that will mentally fill you up, you still need to have that even if you maybe could be full. Or I think it's a, you just have to approach it with a balance of knowing what you physically want, but also what you mentally want, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And something to note that reminds me, uh, a lot of, I had a lot of cravings, especially when I first started intuitive eating and looking into different uh, vitamin and mineral deficiencies. And I found out like I was pretty deficient in a lot of areas and then way overdoing it, doing it in other areas. So, you know, that's why I include things like sweet potatoes or Brussels sprouts because it is higher in potassium and some other vitamins and minerals that I was really lacking. And that cut down on things like chocolate cravings and stuff. So that's another thing. Like if you're craving things constantly and nothing's satisfying it, that that could be a sign of a deficiency. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Absolutely. And last, last, last question. Um, When you're eating, do you commonly eat with friends, family? Do you watch TV? Is there anything that you do that helps your eating be more mindful? Yeah, I think um, eating... I mean, recently it's been not as much with friends because quarantine, but oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I would, no, but also like, who knows when we'll be out of this, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think, um, I tend to be a fast eater, <laughs> so slowing down when I can, but I also realize like everyone has their different ways, but I would say, um, I think just knowing that like, I, with my food it's like something you consciously choose to have so then maybe um kind of checking back in with yourself and be like oh is this something I want or something or maybe am I watching tv during this and I'm kind of not thinking about what I'm eating so Mm -hmm. even having like a portion starting off with a portion that you feel comfortable with and you can always add more to it but trying to be mindful in that and like you're eating each time you choose to eat I think just focusing on it as much as possible because then you're tasting the food and you're not just scarfing it down and off to the next and I know that with everything it can be busy and sometimes you're eating on the go or things like that but I would just say that I've found that there's a good balance in eating alone and with friends because sometimes I think a lot of binges would happen when I was alone, but that doesn't mean I can't only eat alone, if that makes sense. So it's like being comfortable eating around other people, but also being confident and like you can have control around food and have a balance. Cause I think if you're only used to eating a certain way, say you're only used to eating alone and then your friends ask you to go get a meal with them and you're 
thinking, oh, like this is what I normally normally do. I don't want to do that. But I think being flexible with any situation that comes up is really important. So having a good mix of both has yeah. been helpful for me and I would think other people. Yeah, it's important to be able to handle both situations because you know you're not always gonna be with people and you're not always gonna be alone. And um I think that's something you kind of said, which is almost like asking yourself if you still want this. I think asking yourself questions, especially when you're alone, you have time to concentrate. I commonly will finish about three quarters of what I have and I'm like, do I still want the rest of this? And sometimes yeah. I don't. Sometimes I still want to finish it because I'm like, it tastes so good, but I know I'm physically full. So I unfortunately have a dog and he just I'll just give the rest to him. <laughs> but but um yeah, nice. I think asking yourself that and taking the time to really recognize that is important. So I think that was great advice. Thanks. Okay. Where can my audience find you? Yeah, um on Instagram at intuitively Mara. Um, yeah, I basically just post maybe meals or recipes or even just like my thoughts around trying to, how I said when I journaled, if I would think like, oh, I feel guilty for having this. So intuitively Mara on Instagram and I've liked connecting with people in DMs and hearing about their experiences and just not that I'm a trained nutritionist or therapist but I like being a person that can just listen to your story and provide my experience because I know with eating disorders it's common to feel alone so mm-hmm. always feel free to reach out yeah, yeah. that's so awesome that you do that and it is like talking to someone for sure helps always even if it's someone who has any experience in eating disorder getting it outside of your mind is is really helpful and guys again mara's instagram page again looking at it right now very colorful very bright she does a great job for just a fashion page but it's beautiful and <laughs> and i like that you have a couple sprinkles of just um nice quotes in there which are uplifting like everything's so cheery so definitely check it out but thank you for being with us today Thanks for having me. This is so much fun. (laughs) All right, bye guys.